Next on BYU Sports Nation, the old wagon wheel back to Logan for a year. Four straight losses. What now for BYU football? Lots of questions. So ESPN's Trevor Maddich and NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young weigh in on the dire straits at quarterback for Brigham. At least BYU volleyball is rolling. All-American McKenna Miller joins us in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome to October, friends. It is a Monday. We are back to work wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with my good friend Jerem Jordan. Before we get into the headlines of today's show, we want to make it very clear that we are devastated by the news coming out of Las Vegas. It is senseless, it is nightmarish, and we certainly cannot understand why things like that happen. We love the people of Las Vegas. We spend a lot of time there. and It's like the second home of yeah. you know, BYU Sports Nation. Our yeah. thoughts and prayers most certainly with those that are affected by what is happening there. And we know that in the grand scheme of things, what we talk about on this show doesn't really matter compared to those things. But again, this is our job. This is what we will do. And hopefully we can provide an outlet for some of you to, in a way, escape and, and to be with us and, and know that while we are thinking of them, we'll get back to work and we'll do our job. So thoughts and prayers with those in Las Vegas. And that takes us to our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU loses 40-24 to Utah State in Logan after seven turnovers. Seven. Wait for our Twitter question today, by the way. Bo Hodge, the backup quarterback, left the game with an injury, as did one of the star linebackers, Butch Pau. Head coach Kalani Satake said BYU, understandably he said this, had too many mistakes to overcome. Just way too many mistakes, way too many errors, and... Um, right now, we, we, we saw some positive things, but uh, definitely a lot of mistakes, a lot of negative things that we that just just overcame the positives. Back to work for BYU football and Coach Satake. A weekly press conference today, 1.10 p.m. Eastern, 11.10 a.m. Mountain Time. You can watch that conference live on the BYU football Facebook page. Are you interested, especially with the quarterback questions looming after Friday night. Also, Coordinator's Corner will air at 2 Eastern on BYU Radio with Greg Rebell, Ty Detmer, the offensive coordinator, and Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator. Join him to discuss what happened and where the Cougars are going. Cougars in the NFL update. Kyle Van Noy had eight tackles and a sack for the Patriots. Bronson Kafusi in his first game in the NFL had a tackle for the Ravens. Michael Davis had a tackle for the Chargers. Ezekiel Ansah, three tackles. Daniel Sorensen and... Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs take on Trevor Maddich's Washington Redskins tonight on Monday Night Football at 8.30 Eastern time. It's funny you bring up Trevor Maddich because he will join us for another Maddich Monday. BYU Women's Volleyball, another top 20 win. This time they beat 17th-ranked San Diego. Huge win. In the Slim Jim, Jenny Craig Pavilion in four sets on Saturday (laughs) afternoon. McKenna Miller led BYU with 14 kills. This was a homecoming of sorts for McKenna. She is from the San Diego area. 
She'll join us in Studio B to talk about BYU's latest win over a ranked team. Discovered by the Germans, fun fact. Mm. And Jacob Hanneman hit his first career homer in the majors for my Mariners over the weekend. Taylor Cole also was called up to the Blue Jays but didn't play in the regular season finale. Hey, look, our teams, Mariners, Orioles, respectively, did not make the playoffs. Yeah. But it was fun to watch three different BYU Batcats get the call up to the show. That was fun. Really cool. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Long September. The BYU football Cougars go winless in September for the first time since when, Jerem? 1975. 1975. Whoa! Following a 40-24 to loss in Logan, yes, Again, seven turnovers to take BYU to one and four on the season for just the third time since 1973. You've had the weekend to think about it, to digest it. I'm sure it didn't feel good, but we want to know the answer to today's Twitter question. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? We had to use that word. Pun intended, not intended. What? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at our green, huh? Just how important an experienced QB is. I'm confident if Hodge doesn't get injured, we run away with that game. I 100% agree. BYU's up 21-7. There's a fluke pick six. BYU's up 21-14, feeling good, moving the ball, throwing down the field, rushing the rock for five yards a pop. BYU, I think BYU's going to win that game and win handily if Bo Hodge stays in that game. But he first hurts his foot or ankle. Then he gets hit and doesn't know where he is. It looked like a concussion. I'm not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. So Bo Hodge is out. Is he going to play Friday? There's not a lot of rhetoric towards that. In fact, after the game when Kalani Sitake was talking, when asked by Gregor Bell on BYU Radio about what's the situation at quarterback and Joe Critchlow, there was no conversation about one, Tanner Mangum, Bo Hodge, or even Coy Detmer. It was about Joe Critchlow. Which is interesting, and we will find some things out today through the press conference and coordinator's corner about the direction that BYU wants to go for the Boise State game with the quarterback. That will be the topic all week. Yeah, who's starting? And, and yeah, we'll dive into that more. But, yeah, use the hashtag BYUSN and win. My biggest takeaway is that turnovers are fatal, man. And seven of them? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Seven turnovers. It's really hard to win a game when you turn the ball over seven times. The BYU defense gave up 288, 3.9 yards per play. Those are winning numbers. Instead, BYU gave up the same amount of points as they did against Wisconsin. Now, granted, the defense only gave up 26 points. That should be in. BYU should have won that game if the offense doesn't turn the rock over. Ola Tolotel had a tremendous game. He ran for over 100 yards. He got 20-plus carries like we said he would, 100%. We played what's chance on Thursday. But he turns the ball over twice, so it's hard to, for us to credit him with a good game. Does that make sense? Austin Kofensis, nice looks when he came in. Turned it over. Coy Detmer, three picks. Uh, what was he, seven for 20? So it, it just was a really tough performance on offense. And there's no, there's no school that inserts their third string and is like, oh, yeah, we're crushing it. Maybe Baylor a couple years ago I think did that once. Outliers. You, you don't have a third string that's ready to rock. On the road against Utah State, this is the Super Bowl. And I said this Saturday in our special. 
There's no greater sign of failure within a season for BYU than losing to Utah State. 2010, 1-4, low point of the season. 2014, 4-0, the dream season. Gone. BYU, that starts a four-game losing streak. And then 2017, you're 1-4. You could be 1-6 unless you bring it in the next two games. So, DEFCON level, I think it's slid down to two probably Mm. for BYU football right now. My number one takeaway. I just gave you like 12. I'm sorry. You can't turn (laughs) the ball over seven times and win a game. You can't beat Bo Diddley Tech if you turn the ball over seven times. Okay, Mr. Gumbel. I don't care who you're playing. If that happens, you're not going to win the game. What did Bo Diddley do to you? That's the real question. You don't know, Bo. (laughs) BYU turns the ball over seven times. In fact, they are minus six in turnover margins. Like, if they get a couple of those back, maybe. Like, I don't know, Utah State fumbles and throws a couple interceptions and it's minus four. BYU's amazingly in a position to maybe win that game still. But you're minus six in the turnover margin. BYU wouldn't beat anybody on their schedule with a minus six turnover margin. I can't. The last time BYU turned the ball over seven times was a 54 to 10 loss against the other in state rival, Utah, in 2011. It's the rival, Spencer. I know that. <laughs> I'm fired up, okay? Now, now, riddle me this, and this is a big conversation, but. What's the number one culprit of why BYU is 1-4 at this point? Because we were saying, hey, the schedule's tough. Now we look at LSU, and they're not the team we thought they were. They, they got blown out by Mississippi State, who's lost two weeks in a row, by the way. I'm not saying that's a winnable game. I'm just saying Mississippi State is not as good as we thought, maybe, either. Um, Troy beat LSU as well on Saturday. Who lost to Boise State. Who Troy's the Boise only State. lost. Therefore, Troy's Boise State lost. greater than... LSU. Yeah, let's no, let's <laughs> let's do the transitive property, the transitive right? Property. Okay, so Boise okay. State beats Troy. Troy beats LSU, but then Mississippi oh, but State beat LSU. Therefore, uh, Howard is the greatest team in college football. <laughs> okay, we were saying the schedule, and then we were saying, well, the offense stinks, and the, and then the offense turns it over seven times, which I think is a way different problem than ineptitude against uh, a good schedule. BYU played a team more on its level, yet Utah State forced seven turnovers. You can take whatever perspective you want on that. I don't know where the blame falls. Now, did Utah State force I don't, seven yeah, turnovers? Yeah, BYU coughed it up. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say that there was more of the well, BYU gave it away. There's no right answer there, but it happened seven times. And so it ceases to be lucky at that point. And it starts to be yeah. something that the other team – did. Right, not every turnover. A fumble, some, some, a, yeah, a fumble a forced is, fumble is the other team. Exactly. Yes, working that's hard. Not, generally, working hard. Inertia doesn't play for Utah State. Truth. There are eleven Aggies out there, so I don't know where all the blame falls. In fact, it doesn't even matter. But we were saying the schedule, and that's not an excuse now. Yeah, it's hard not to have the biggest takeaway emphasis on that word. <laughs> we're just mean, man. That's a mean Twitter question. Deal with the seven turnovers that BYU <laughs> committed on Friday night. After that, however, there are a bevy of storylines, including the quarterback situation and what in the world BYU's offense is going to do with whomever is out there taking the snap. We know this. BYU's turning the ball over too much, specifically through the air, which brings us to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 10 interceptions are the most by any FBS team this season. Okay, Too many turnovers. And Greg Rubel had a, uh, some great tweets a few uh, minutes ago outlining that the majority of BYU's turnovers have come in their own end of the field. If you lose the field position game, you lose the game a lot. Utah State scores 26 points on offense, two pick sixes. They combine for 40. 288 total yards of offense. That's it? That should be like 17 points. BY, okay. I always like to do this when weird things happen. This was a weird game that was for BYU. A weird game. The Cougars at one point are up 21 to 7 in the second quarter. They outgain the Aggies by more than 100 yards. BYU rushes the ball for over 200 yards. Yes, which is awesome. 210. Ulatolu Towel, 102 yards rushing, 4.9 a pop. Squally Canada, by the way, 5.8 a pop. He was good. So So he was taken off the field. If I say those three things alone, BYU outgains Utah State by 108 total yards. They rush the ball for 210, and they're up 21-7 to in the second quarter. You would think win. But then I tell you seven turnovers, and you immediately Changes know everything. Now, now, here's the thing. BYU, Boise State turned the ball over six times against BYU last year. Five times, sorry. Five times. BYU was – they were Boise State was minus five. They won that game by one. Like, it's not impossible, okay? The thing is, BYU had Coy Detmer Jr. in there, couldn't throw the rock. Yeah, could, Boise could State was run the rock. Boise State wasn't playing with their third-string quarterback. Right. That cha- l- listen, the Tanner Mangum injury didn't change the season. It was the Bo Hodge injury. That changed the season. All of a sudden, we went from there's still a shot at eight-ish wins to the, the, season ha- the season has changed to whether BYU is going to go to a bowl game or not. That is the theme of the season. And the question to answer there is what quarterback will lead them there? Tanner Mangum at some point gets healthy. W- when does Bo Hodge get healthy? Is Coy Detmer Jr. the starter this Friday night? Is... Uh, Joe Critchlow going to burn a red shirt. It's the topic play. of the week, and hopefully we know something after today. There are too many rhetorical questions coming from this pulpit. <sighs> Use, the hashtag, Use the hashtag BYUS and answer today's Twitter question. Coming up, Steve Young on the Cougar offense. Ah, yes. And it's a Maddich Monday next. Trevor Maddich, can BYU really fix their issues right now? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, pushing 22,000 of you. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to engage in conversation with us. And there's lots of conversation tomorrow night on a Super Tuesday. BYU Sports Nation at 6 Eastern after further review. Hosted by Spencer Linton filling in for Dave McCann tomorrow night. Uh, lots to break down there. And then Kalani Satake, BYU football with Kalani Satake. Hosted by Gregor Bell coming up at 8 Eastern tomorrow. Certainly a lot to discuss as we have already begun discussing today. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? No pun intended. Or pun intended. Hmm. <laughs> At Laser Sheep, ball security equals a win. The picks were given freely, and the fumbles came after decent gains. All is not lost quite yet. Hashtag hold on. BYU yeah, yeah. one and four for the yeah. 
just the third time since 1973. Woo. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst, BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, welcome back to the show. I wish it were under different pretenses. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? This is going to sound crazy, but as as bad as it looked, as bad as it felt, and as bad as it was, it wasn't as bad as you think. <laughs> Be- because the whole thing surrounded seven turnovers and an injury to the quarterback, Cole Hodge. But the defense played very well. The running game was effective. The, the game was lost on seven turnovers that included six picks. Excuse me, two pick sixes. And so... The, the those things hopefully are correctable because the game in the trenches, BYU did a good job. That's that's what's hardest to correct, and BYU was okay. Lula Toluta, running back, averaged about five yards per carry on the ground, and that was grinding it out five yards at a time. It wasn't like he had one long run and then got stuffed the rest of the time. So this, this was bad. This was ugly, and I don't want to minimize how fans feel about this. But looking at it from the standpoint of a player, the things that went wrong are things that are correctable, and the things that went right went better than they have in the previous three weeks. If Bo Hodge plays that entire game, I really like BYU's chances. BYU's offense looked like they were clicking. They're up 21-7 at one point in that game. Yet, Bo Hodge leaves the game. It looked like a concussion. No official word. Uh, But if, if Bo Hodge is out this week, Coy Detmer Jr., or maybe even Joe Critchlow, the fourth-string uh, quarterback, would be playing. How likely is uh, realistic success against Boise State if BYU is starting uh, a third- or fourth-string quarterback? It'll be difficult because Boise State is better in the front seven than Utah State. Even when Utah State knew BYU was going to run, they still pounded the ball pretty well. That would be a lot harder to do against Boise State if BYU can't back them off away from the line of scrimmage with a credible play-action game. And so I think the play-action game will likely be better. Here we go if uh, Corey Detmer plays. I don't think Rich Lowe's the guy. I don't think you burn a red shirt for him. I don't think it would really help the team win any more games. But I think that you you have a, a scenario with Boise that somehow, some way, you've got to manufacture something of a play-action game in order to be able to do the things on the ground that they were able to do without the play-action game so well against Utah State when Bo Hodge went out. If Tanner Mangum could play against Boise State, but he's, I don't know, let's throw out a hypothetical number, 60-70%, would it be better for him to get healthy and return or go out and play against Boise State? Because it's personal for him. He's from Boise. He is from Boise, but I think what needs to happen is what's best for the team. And if he will degrade his injury to the point to where he won't be available for the rest of the year or at least a setback that would take him out for several weeks longer than he needs to be taken out, then he should not play. The fact that it's personal, that, that's nice, but football is a team game. It's not a personal game. So I, I think the right thing to do is to let the trainers decide if he's ready or not. And if he's not, don't allow the fact that he's from there you know, influence a decision on whether or not he plays. Did you ever play in a game uh, either at BYU or in the pros where there were seven turnovers from your offense? No, I can't remember that. It's hard to remember two games where there were a total of seven turnovers. Wow. It's but wild. One, one game, it's just, yeah, it, it, 
it's just horrible. It's just heinous. And then you look at the defense. I mean, Boise State's offense, excuse me, Utah State's offense, only scored three touchdowns of their own. Uh, as a matter of fact, there were a couple of turnovers where there were field goals late in the second quarter, early in the third quarter, and BYU's defense held them to three and out in the field goal. And so there were, there were a lot of good things, I think, that we could point to. But when literally half of your drives are lost to either turnover or you turn it over on downs, it's hard to imagine any way to win a football game that way. And that's one thing that Kalani Sataki said at halftime. You know, it looked really bad. And at halftime in the interview, Coach Sataki was asked, what's wrong here? And he says, hey, this is fine. All we have to do is stop turning it over. Well, they did. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. BYU 1-4 and four after a 40-24 to 24 loss against in-state rival Utah State. Trevor, what now for BYU football? Where do they go from here? How do they collect themselves? What do you see happening in the immediate future? Uh, this, is, this is one of those life lessons for the players because there's only one thing they can do, and that is to treat this week as if it's the only week, to ignore what's happened in September and treat this Boise State game like it's a brand-new season. That's all they can do because the month of September was about as bad as any, I think, anybody – can remember or even find in history for BYU football. And there are reasons for that. But going forward, there are reasons that BYU, now that the schedule is starting to, to, to level out. I mean, we've got Boise and then at Mississippi State, and that's rough. That's really rough. Those are two very losable games. But after that, they've got six games that they, um, that they very well could win, six winnable games, and they can still get back to a bowl game. So right now, the players and the coaches – need to see this as the beginning of a new season and treat it that way. I'll tell you, there's no way you can really assimilate the ugliness that's happened over the last month and turn it into something positive. You just can't. You have to take what you're doing well, build on that, and go forward. Do you believe that BYU will go to a bowl game this season? I do. I do. Because of the nature of the back half of the schedule, they do have that one win against Portland State to open the season to kind of help them. And they'll at least be bowl eligible. Now, I don't believe they have a, an automatic tie-in this year. But BYU remains a, a good draw for bowl games that are seeking to put fans in the seats. Because anywhere you go, there are BYU fans, whether they're LDS or not. And they're very likely to buy tickets to a bowl game. So, so I think getting the six or seven wins is a possibility. And they will uh, be attractive to a ball if they get there. If BYU is six and seven, is it purely fans and the fan base that gets them into a bowl game over another team that has a similar losing record? Well, there are there are academic tiebreakers as well. I mean, that's why I think it was last year Mississippi State beat Ole Miss in the uh, Egg Bowl, and they both finished five and seven. But Mississippi State had a better academic record than their APR. And so they went to a bowl game. And BYU, uh, it will if if they finish with a six and seven record, would probably be in that same situation. But I can't imagine that BYU's academic tiebreaker would go to another team. ESPN's FPI, the Football Power Index, gives a percent uh, a win percentage chance to each game. Okay, right now at UNLV, it says forty nine percent. Do you believe it's actually that bad? UNLV is better than you think. They have a really good rushing attack, and they're one of the top rushing teams in the nation statistically, even though they had to go up and face Ohio State, which does not do well for your, your rushing stats. 
Uh, and so, yeah, UNLV is a team that's on the rise, and they're dangerous in a lot of ways. The thing is, though, BYU's defense, it gets lost in the, in the swirl of ugly. The BYU's defense has, by and large, played not just well, but they've played heroically at times with no help at all from the offense. And it's one thing to have no help from the offense. It's another thing when the offense is, is proactively putting you in awful situations, both on field position and on the scoreboard, which is what's happened, especially against Utah State. So, you know, when Utah, when UNLV wants to run the ball, uh, then they'll face a BYU defense that's a whole lot better than the emotions surrounding it make it seem. Trevor, who are the best four college football teams in America, essentially at the halfway point of the season? You know, I, I've got Alabama at number one, even though Clemson has a better resume. Just watching them on tape, Alabama came out <laughs> the last two weeks and were mean. They just played mean. I mean, mean. It was really fun to watch. Two weeks ago against Vanderbilt, some obscure Vanderbilt offensive lineman had the, the gall to say, Bama, you're next. Well, I guess that's uh, before the game. That uh, was technically true because Bama was next on the – schedule, but Nick Saban used that for motivation for his players, and they went out and beat Vanderbilt 59 to nothing. Well, then Ole Miss was up next. That was last week, and Ole Miss didn't say a word. So what does Nick Saban do? Nick Saban tells his players that the, the height of disrespect is to quietly think that somebody has your number, right? So they don't say anything, and Nick Saban turns into that being disrespectful. And they went out and beat Ole Miss like something like 63, 66 to 3. So I'm at Bama at number one, Clemson number two, Oklahoma at number three, and Penn State at number four. Fantastic stuff, Trevor. We appreciate the insight, uh, both from a national perspective and certainly on the BYU side. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Look, look at the positive because there's plenty there. We will focus on the positive. Thanks to Trevor Maddish for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Ridgeline underscore day. My biggest takeaway? Afterward, I needed something to cheer me up, so I watched Les Miserables. By comparison, this was a happy movie. Uh, the Miserables. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know Trevor said uh, try and look at the positive. There, there are some positive things. But there's way more correctable, like he said, things there. Utah State loss feels different than the other ones. Like, when you're just, you're just inept and bad against LSU and Wisconsin, that's different than turning it over seven times. Seven times is like, hey, hold on to the ball. Hey, don't throw a pick. And maybe you win that game. So it feels different. It still doesn't feel good. It's just a different type of bad. BYU was not out of the game after six turnovers entirely until that seventh turnover turned into a pick six. Okay, Utah turned it over six times against Brigham last year and won. But BYU turned it over three times. Again, yeah. the margin. <sighs> BYU minus six with a third-string quarterback. And the seven turnovers aren't the biggest issue coming out of Utah State to me. It's that Bo Hodge got hurt, and he was playing well. At Nickley 51, we need to temper our expectations. This isn't an eight-win team. Just yeah. get to a bowl. Yeah, no, everything's changed. It's getting to a bowl game now. Everything's changed. Because Bo Hodge got hurt, I'm telling you. 
Coming up, BYU Women's Volleyball sends a message to the rest of the league. All-American McKenna Miller joined Hey, they're in the top ten and winning a lot. Steve Young joined us on our Saturday special. Find out what concerns the Hall of Famer about this BYU offense and what's the key word he wants to tell to the BYU team. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Monday, we're here for you. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio Simulcast. Nationally on BYU TV, we are on demand. That's the beauty of this show. You can partake of it anytime you want, anywhere you feel fit. Subscribe to the podcast, by the way, to never miss uh, any episodes, right? Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell, also a good resource for interviews after practice and uh, you know shows and whatnot. So subscribe to uh, BYU Sports Nation, Behind the Mic, and uh, any other BYU radio offering that you would like. If you missed today's headlines, good news. They're happening again right now. BYU losing to Utah State in Logan 40-24. to largely in part to seven BYU turnovers. The Cougars were minus six in turnover margin. Quarterback Bo Hodge and linebacker Butch Pau both left the game with injuries. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Vannoy recorded eight tackles and a sack for the Patriots. Bronson Kafusi, a tackle for the Ravens. Michael Davis, a tackle for the Chargers. Ziggy Ansah, three tackles for the Lions. And Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Washington Redskins tonight at 8.30 Eastern time. Okay, a couple of things there. I believe that Ziggy Ansah's team was the only team to win. <laughs> of all those teams? Of all those teams. Well, then. Granted, Daniel Sorensen Sorensen plays tonight, and the Chiefs are the lone unbeaten team remaining out of 32 in the NFL. Oh, uh, office mate Jason Shepard always makes us well aware, Spencer. BYU women's volleyball beat up on San Diego. 17th ranked team in the country in four sets on the road Saturday. McKenna Miller led the Cougars with 14 kills. Ronnie Jones-Perry was just named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. And Jacob Hanneman, uh, first career homer in the majors for the Mariners over the weekend in the penultimate game of the regular season. Taylor Cole was called up to the Blue Jays but did not play. Three Batcats called up to the show this season Pretty alone. Cool. Very cool stuff. If you missed it on Saturday, man, where were you? But the good news is Sleep. we are back with Steve Young, NFL and BYU Hall of Famer. He took in the BYU-Utah State game on Saturday night, had plenty to say about it. And what would he say to the BYU Cougars if he were in the locker room? How does he assess it all? In fact, we'll start with this question, and you can enjoy the interview. What are Steve's biggest takeaways from BYU's loss at Utah State? It's super painful on a number of levels, obviously. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious that, uh, you know, was a game that we should win and this a uh, team that we should beat and you know nothing against the Utah State fight and great job that they did but th- there's a sense that you know when you're when you have a backup quarterback and that team with Bowen when, when he started the game the rest of the team there has to be a sense of rally that everybody's really all realizes that our game has to be upped especially defensively and I get, you know you get the feel of that early on of like okay we're fine but but everyone else, I mean, backup quarterback, yeah, even third string, yeah, okay, we get that. So now we even, you know, we, we close ranks even tighter, and we make sure, and we, you know, and it seems like, okay, the quarterback didn't play well. Get that. Turnovers. Everyone, you know, the running back's got to pick up the game. Defense's got to pick up the game. And if everyone would have done that, we would have been okay. 
but it seems like not only did we have backup quarterbacks and the third team quarterbacks, but then everyone else didn't play great, and that's when you really get in trouble. Yeah, and seven, seven turnovers certainly doesn't help. I want to rewind to 1982. You take over for Jim McMahon, who you could argue was the greatest, not just BYU, but college quarterback ever up to that point. So you start the season, you're a junior. You start one and two, including a loss to Utah State and Logan. How did you deal with that at that time in a somewhat similar situation? Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, uh, you, you feel the weight of the world. You feel like, and remember, BYU. I mean, we were close to undefeated every year, and so you and we won the WAC every year, and we went to the Hollywood Bowl every year. And so, if you replace Jim McMahon, you know you can't because anything that goes wrong, it's your fault. I mean, even if it's not, it's your fault. And so, there's this tremendous pressure uh, to perform and to make sure that things go well and make it feel like as if Jim McMahon was there. And that's impossible to do as a, as a kid coming in and just kind of not knowing what you're doing. I remember thinking that, like, just move the ball. Don't, uh, don't, and don't be the reason you lose. That's why I tell every young quarterback, well, even in the NFL, backup quarterbacks, young you know, rookies, you know, your goal is to not be the reason that the team loses. And if you can be, you know, as long, look, if, you, if the team loses, but if you're not the reason, then you know we, we can look through that because that means you played okay. If you if you're the reason they win, that's a huge bonus. But do not be the perfect the person that takes away the opportunity for a really good team, a team that should win this game, and you took it away from them. And that was kind of the burden that you felt when you're playing, especially at those times. BYU and NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation. Steve, what would you say to Ty Detmer today, who was dealing with? multiple quarterback injuries, and his offense just isn't clicking right now. Yeah, and it never has been, right? It's been a, a season, you know, even with Tanner. Um, this concern doesn't be – This we've got to be honest. It's not a concern we have because we have backup quarterbacks. It's a concern we've had even with our quarterback. And so you really have to say to yourself, and I think after the LSU game especially, you said, well, we really didn't get anything done. It, you, everything's on the table now. Coaching, scheme talent you know what is exactly you know, is it all of the above and we have to be very very honest and so and i think ties that way that's very uh self-effacing and someone who's uh, self, uh, uh you know he's, he's very much in his head he's gonna he's gonna think it through and try to figure out exactly what the problem is and if it's him i think he'll be the first one to tell you too so i i, I suspect that uh that he's going through kind of a, uh, a sense of self-evaluation to make sure that uh, that uh, whatever he, you know, if he's making mistakes, if he's not, if he's not, the scheme isn't right. If he's not doing the right things, then he can get those things fixed. And then, you know, if if it really is just the quarterback, and we just don't have the guy that can can go lead us, if that's truly what it is, and I don't know that it is, then then you can start to deal with it. But if there's more to it, let's get it fixed. And uh, uh, and a sense of urgency. I mean, you, you, you have some tough games against Utah and LSU. I get that. You get a week off and you come out and you get a lead. You know, we cannot, we cannot turn the no – one, no one turns the ball over seven times. I did at Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> In 82, right? <laughs> like, nobody does it, but I did it. Like, I know – I get it. We, we, you know, but that was me. I, I, I turned the ball over six times. I mean, the team played great. I mean, we should have beaten Georgia. You know, we did beat them. It was, remember, they had the ball uh, 
uh, I remember it was driving rain the whole game, and I'd already made uh, Terry Hoga All-American. He intercepted me five times. <laughs> and and he, he, he uh, I mean, they handed out, it was fourth. I want to say it was third and one down about the 30-yard line, and we were up, uh, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the score, we were up a couple points. And uh, the, the quarterback, the ball shoots in the air from the snap, like so wet and rainy and the ball shoots up in the air. And uh, and there's a big pileup on fourth down. Uh, it's like fourth and one. And all of a sudden, Herschel Walker's got the ball like two yards ahead. And I just remember the official going, first down, George. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a, this is a, you know we got gotten on this one. <laughs> but that's after six. That's how well everyone rallied. I screwed up so bad. We even lost when everyone rallied. So uh, you know it 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 happened. It's brutal. Um, but the way the season's gone, this is not just a bad game with a, with a you know, a, you know a replacement quarterback. There's bigger things that at, 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 uh, that are happening that we need to be honest about. You had a 14-7 lead despite six interceptions at Georgia. That's pretty crazy. You might be the most famous backup in football history, obviously, with Joe Montana and whatnot. So now BYU has a situation where there's some rhetoric from Kalani Sitake after the game about Maybe the fourth-string Joe Critchlow, freshman off of a mission, might be the guy. Give us an idea of what it's like to be a backup and then prepare knowing, okay, this week I'm the guy. Things change. <laughs> it really is. The, I mean, it's about the person, too. Some guys, I don't know that I was a great backup, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, 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 Your book revealed that. I, 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 just, kinda, I just wasn't um, – and I think I was in my head a lot too, and I mean that—that's we got that in the book too. And I don't, a great backup is like a great pinch hitter. Like get the bat, start swinging, and just let it rip. You know what I mean? And 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 so you know if if Critchlow's that kind, of, I mean you, you just know the personality because some guys are just they're ready to just yeah I'm ready and you know I'll, I'll do a good job and you know I'm not going to get overwrought about it and and uh, you you need somebody. You need somebody like that, and I—I I, I mean, Coy was certainly, you know, he—he he led a rep. I got to give him credit. You know, one of the things about backups is you don't want to, you know, again, you don't want to be the reason they lose, and that's what—that's kind of what happened. But you also can't just sit there, and so there's like this fine line as a as a backup because you got to move the ball. You can't go three and out, three and out. Oh, sorry, you know, you've got the ball's got to go, and so because you don't know what you're doing, mostly, you—you you just come up with stuff. You just do it. You just make it happen. And to me, the the great uh, the great backups are the guys that just get the ball moving. And even if with their legs, and that's not really efficient. It's not perfect, but the ball's moving, and they give some offense some confidence. Defense gets a rest. Everybody can kind of rally. You know, backup quarterbacking is really about just not being perfect, but getting the ball moving too. Steve, we needed this today. We appreciate you joining us for our uh, group therapy session on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> I was, all my buddies, you know, all of us that played back in the day, you know, we have group texts and we all, you know, we're just dying yesterday. It's brutal. So we got to rally. We have got to rally, boys. We've got to get this thing on track. Steve Young from our Saturday special on Countdown to Conference, helping us kind of assess where BYU football is. And I love that he used the word rally a couple of times. BYU has got to find a way to rally. Who's going to do it at quarterback? That's the question. Coming up, the Hanemans make plays in Logan and Seattle over the weekend. It was a good weekend for the Hanneman bros. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball on a roll. Just took down another top-20 opponent. McKenna Miller is in studio next. 
winning. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan on a Monday live from Studio B. We'll with do it live! Day BYU Sports play-by-play, our daily rebroadcast. There's weeknights on BYU TV starting sharply at 6 p.m. Eastern time. There is a corner where the coordinators meet mm-hmm. at JCW mm-hmm. in Provo. That sounds and delicious. It, and there's a radio show associated with this. It's called Coordinator's Corner. It's at 2 Eastern today on BYU Radio in the app. Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki will be on the show with Gregor Bell. Interesting conversation to be had on this. Check it out today at 2. Quite literally, in the corner. No, they're in the corner of JCW. They are in that yeah. corner. But, it, but it's well lit, well suited for them. Yeah. The Burger Boys. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? At Still Team Riley. That BYU still Team Riley? is getting better. Listen, he should be. That's the, <laughs> last, that's the last quarterback to take BYU to a 10-win season. Don't remind me. He tweets. Too long. <laughs> Did you lose it? I, I lost it. <laughs> I got it. it. threw me off. No, I got it. Okay, I'm okay. back. I'm back. I'm back. That BYU is getting better. We will cut down on the mistakes and beat Boise State Friday night. Loyal to the end. Also, he says, bring on Iowa. That in reference to a bowl projection after BYU started 1-4 and four that has BYU playing Iowa, I think, in the Quicken Lanes Bowl or something, whatever it is. I'll take any bowl game. Uh, I will, too. I'll go to Shreveport, whatever. Absolutely. Joining us now after another top 20 win for BYU women's volleyball yeah. is All-American outside hitter McKenna Miller. What's McKenna, up, McKenna? It's been too long. I, Welcome I back. Thanks for having me. You are from the San Diego area. In fact, from Marietta or Murrieta, depending on who you talk to. Regardless, it was a homecoming trip of sorts. You had a ton of family there to watch you take down San Diego. What, uh, what's the feeling like within the BYU women's volleyball locker room right now after another top 20 win? It's just really fun and, like, relaxed. Like, I, that San Diego was just such a team win that, like, everyone's kind of settled into their roles and, like, know what we have to do and know that we're capable of doing it to take down teams like San Diego at home on the road. That, you're in the Slim Gym, first of all. That's like one of the greatest nicknames for any gym ever, right? The Jenny Craig Pavilion? Yeah. Were you aware of this? You're looking at me like you have no, no idea. No, I've never okay. heard of that. <laughs> it's, it's the Slim Gym, McKenna. Slim gym. I've never heard of that. Awesome, but, right? Sure, yeah. Um, you beat 17th ranked San Diego. You're, you're in league playing right now. What kind of message did you maybe send to the rest of the league as the champs beating San Diego? A, that was a big match for you guys. Yeah, it was definitely like a fun win, but... I don't know if it sent a message. Like, we just want to go out and do what our jobs are and get better every day. So even though it's fun beating San Diego, we're not doing it to prove to other teams that we can beat San Diego. We're doing it because we want to win and we're capable of it. When you go to five straight Sweet 16s, one league win mattereth not. <laughs> I was trying to drum that up a little more, but you're like, we have No, we bigger yeah. fish to fry. Let, let's start with knowing that it's the Slim Jim, and then we'll move on from okay. there, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. First Got things it. first. Now, the real question is, what was the celebration like in the locker room? Did it include a McKenna Miller whip? I did not lose odds, so no, it did not. <laughs> because that happened Tuesday. Tell us about that. Um, Cozy and I were at the front at the fight song, and I said, what are the odds you whip at the end of it? And I said one and seven, and she said two, and I said five, and that adds up to seven, so I had to do it. Okay. And now there's, <laughs> now there's a gif there. of me just... <laughs> Yep. It was Chris on though. constant repeat, whipping yeah. to the fight song. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was as crisp as the execution against San Diego. I'll Thank be you. honest. Um, 
This team is remarkable because you guys keep reloading. We keep bringing up these questions like, well, you lost this player. What are you going to do? And last year, it was Amy Boswell, first-team All-American, Whitney Young-Howard, former West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Yet you guys have been really solid in all aspects and in the middle despite throwing uh, you know, a freshman and cozy brunette switching positions. What's it been like to see the middle still thrive? It's just been really fun. Like I lived with Kennedy. She was my roommate. We're like this. So like it's been really fun seeing her just excel. Like last year was her year to learn from Whitney and Amy and like we talked about that. So it's really fun seeing her go out and Cozy just like took it like a champ, like fifth year senior coming from playing pins and I played middle and it's hard, like in high school, not a fan. So Cozy's like stepping in and not complaining once and just owning it has been really fun to like see them be really successful. What's the message from Heather Olmstead and your coaching staff at this point in the season? Um, I think just focusing on us, like there's a lot of outside speak or whatever, like our us included. Yeah. You guys are probably the worst at it actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I think just focusing like on ourselves and like keep trying to get better. And the next game is the most important game, regardless of who we're playing. So just keep focusing on what we can do. Do you love the volleyball suite or what? Tell us about that. Oh, I, it's a dream. Like, Whenever I'm bored, I just go play ping pong. I still suck. I think I'm good, but then I play someone who's like actually good, and I'm not. Who's actually but good? Our co- Johnny and Heather. Johnny and Neely. Yeah, Johnny's really good at like little things. It'd be like weird little. He can like whistle with his hands like this. He does the national anthem. He's really good at stuff like that. So ping pong, he's so really ping good. ping pong and whistling in Stupid his hands. Stupid human tricks with David Letterman? <laughs> so yeah. And I don't know. Me and Kennedy have a... A tally up right now, but I'm winning. It's so. like put up on the wall. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. I have seen it. On, it. Wait, can you write on the walls or is it on the wall? No, it's on a paper. Okay. I just stuck it in the TV screen mm. and I'm winning. I don't know what the score is, but that's a shout <laughs> out to you. But I'm as winning. As long as you're winning. Now that's a message to the rest of the Yeah, league. that's a message yes. to Kennedy, especially. To Kennedy. Hey, so for those that aren't aware, BYU Volleyball, men's and women's teams, just opened up a brand new volleyball suite that includes team rooms and yeah. ping pong it's, tables. It's nice, man. What it's does right. that mean for the state of the programs moving forward? I think it's just really good for us kind of to be like recognized as a program and like for recruiting, you know? Like a lot of other schools have super nice facilities and ours are been nice, but having this like extra little benefit has been really fun. Like not to show off, but be like, look, like BYU takes care of their athletes. Like, yeah. and it's really fun to have. Love it. She's the MC hammer, Jerem. The MC hammer. And she loves that nickname. <laughs> McKenna Miller. Yes. Shout out to the Miller family um, for that. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> like, last year. I can't like, I don't know what to do about that. We're going to find the whip gif, and I'm going to tag it, hashtag MC Hammer. Is that cool? That's fine. (laughs) All of your wildest dreams are coming true, Pedro. (laughs) McKenna, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the approaching matches ahead. Thank you. I just said that redundant. From the, for the approaching matches ahead in yeah. the future at, at some point. At St. Mary's and Pacific, so good luck. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right, McKenna. Thanks for bringing the winning mojo into Studio <laughs> B. Yeah, we needed that. Coming up at the end of the Major League Baseball season, uh, regular season, Jacob Hanneman makes an impression. And what did the Cougars in the NFL pull off yesterday? Did any of the Cougars in the NFL have a winning team? Who cares? Rough weekend. Get yours individually. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. 
Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young and All-American Volleyballer McKenna Miller. That's a pretty stinking good Monday. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And coming up this week, Blaine Fowler, Lauren McLean, Greg Rubel, Sean Olmstead, men's volleyball coach. We're going to roll out the schedule. Brian Billick, Dave Rose, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. You already lost Utah State 40 to 24. Anyways, next item. Cougars in the NFL. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy had eight tackles and a sack for the Patriots. They lost. Bronson Kafusi had a tackle for the Ravens. They lost. Michael Davis recorded a tackle for the Cares. Chargers. They lost. Ezekiel Ansah had three tackles for the Lions. They won. Daniel Sorensen, the Chiefs, last unbeaten team in the NFL, take on the Redskins tonight, 8.30 Eastern. Volleyball. Ninth-ranked women's volleyball beat 17th-ranked San Diego with a slim gym. Saturday in uh, four sets. McKenna Miller, 14 kills. She just joined us. Alexa Gray led all scores with 19 points for Team Canada as they beat Cuba for the gold medal of the Norseca Championship. And the USA men's team won the Norseca Championship over the Dominican Republic as well. Taylor Sander had three points in the first set. Baseball. Jacob Hanneman hit his first career home run as a major leaguer for the Seattle Mariners in a win over the Los Angeles oh. Angels. And Taylor Cole uh, was called back up to the Blue Jays. However, he did not pitch over the week. Soccer. The ladies lost 2-1 to one on Friday to San Diego at Southfield. Huh? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Women's volleyball, top 10 team, beat 17th-ranked San Diego. Big win for the ladies. They have three top 25 wins this season. They're good at their sport. Absolutely. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's loss at Utah State? Our elite tweet of the day from at DRJ Cougar. Good news. Kalani, 1-4 in his second season, just like Lavelle Edwards. That means another national championship coming in 2028. (laughs) What? Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Who should we shout out to? Todd Mortensen. (laughs) Four string quarterbacks for the win. (laughs) No.